have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome. Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars, and I'm so glad to have you all here. You know, it's 2019, and we are truly in a new era for marketing, whether it's in a solo practice, direct-to-consumer, brick-and-mortar, online, or a services business. It truly is an exciting time for marketing and growth, and you'll learn the latest in how to improve and expand your marketing campaigns, measure their success, and drive maximum customer satisfaction. This award-winning dynamic leader has much to share to us with benefits for your business and for your personal life as well. So I'd like you to welcome Tom Hare. Tom, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on the show mm-hmm. um, and that we can both hear each other. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're talking actually about a couple of things Today, we're talking about relationships because it's the end of February um, uh, with teams, partners, personal relationships, that kind of thing, and how that works with marketing um, mm-hmm. as well as March for me is uh, really jump into um, change. So it's how, how do we become a catalyst to change? So I'd really like mm-hmm. you to kind of talk, uh, kind of be on the cusp of both of those and right. give us information about both because I know you have the expertise to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, Tom, let's start with um, who are you and how did you get to where you are today? What's your background? Um, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we, we started, uh, we started the, the Performance Driven Marketing Institute last July uh, as a, a startup trade association and a host of trade events. Uh, but my background really um, comes, comes through, through the publishing and events side of the, of the world. Um, uh, I've spent, uh, prior to last July, I spent over 17 years as the editor-in-chief of Response Magazine, which is a magazine that, when I started there, covered the infomercial uh, and direct response television industry. And by the time we closed out, we covered every facet of performance-driven, what's now called performance-driven or direct-to-consumer marketing, um, from online to offline, every type of media, every type of product, from from those old direct, old school direct response products like the the Snuggie that was so famous and popular back, you know, ten years ago, all the way through major. Tom, your internet connection is breaking up. Um, can you go to the phone? Uh, okay, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in? 
step up and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And today I have a phenomenal guest who has more awards and recognition than, than I can even do in just this little short period of time. But he is the co-founder and chief content officer of the Definitive Media Group, which does publications and events, uh, as well as the co-founder and board member of Performance Driven Marketing Institute, which I believe started in July of 2018, um, a nonprofit trade association for companies working in performance-driven and direct-to-consumer marketing. Um, he was the editor-in-chief of the Response Magazine for Media, Technology, and Commerce for 17 years, which he told us just recently. And he's also served as the content director of the Response Expo, a trade event the mar- for the marketing industry from 2007 to 2018. So welcome, my guest, Tom Hare. Tom, welcome. It's, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much. I uh, apologize on my end for any of those technical difficulties, but uh, it's good oh, to be with you. That's, that's part of the wonder of radio, is uh, <laughs> what can go wrong and what can go right, and it was all meant oh, to yeah. be. So, Tom, you were telling us a little bit about um, your work with uh, the Response Magazine and the fact that you just started the Performance Driven Marketing mm-hmm. Institute. Um how did you get in this business to begin with? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was, uh, uh, you know, way back before response, I was in, worked in PR and marketing. I was always a writer, um, uh, kind of a creative uh, on the marketing side, and then uh, and then did some PR for a while. And then I wanted to get back onto the journalism side. My degree is in college is in journalism. I like, I love writing, and, and that was kind of um, where I wanted to, 
B, so I, I got into the trade magazine. It had nothing to do with this industry um, <laughs> at all. Um, but then uh, two years later, this opportunity or the opportunity to jump into Response Magazine, which was then covering the infomercial and direct response television space, opened up, and that made a lot of sense given that I had been working in marketing as well. So a uh, chance to cover marketing, um, you know, and we 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 saw the transition over the years at Response. Um, I was there, uh, I think you know, we said for 17 years as the editor-in-chief of the publication, saw it through a lot of big changes to where uh, over the last uh, couple of years of its existence, we were really covering the breadth of the performance-driven marketing and the direct-to-consumer marketing world. No matter what media your, your marketing campaigns were running in, a lot of online campaigns as well as the offline television stuff, uh, much more expansive uh, roster of, of marketers that we were talking to, the United Healthcare of the world, the Timberlands of the world. Of course, still talking to and about the direct response marketers who have had so much success over the years. Um, and, you know, it was just uh, when we when we reached last summer, um, uh, we'd also been doing, uh, I'll, I'll double back real quick, we'd also created Response Expo, which was a trade event for the folks who worked in the industry uh, in 2006. So we had done 12 Response Expos uh, before we left Response as well, uh, uh, peaking out at about 4,000 attendees. Uh, mm-hmm. per year um, uh, in, in the uh, middle of this decade. Um, so we had a lot of experience with um, with trade shows, with publications, uh, with weekly newsletters, uh, with servicing clients who wanted to network, who wanted to educate themselves, who wanted to market their business to others, and who were looking for advocacy um, uh, from, a, from an organization, um, not only with, uh, with government regulators, but also advocacy um, across across the boundaries of different types of marketing media, whether it's online or offline. So uh, come this last summer, we launched the Performance Driven Marketing Institute as a non, not-for-profit trade association. Um, there was an opening in the space. Uh, one of the trade associations that was servicing the space shut down. Another trade association that was servicing a sector of the space was gobbled up by a larger trade association. And and with our experience and expertise, uh, we thought, you know, this is the time to, to launch our own business and leave the corporate world and become kind of the owners of a business and, and, and use our, our um, again, our expertise, our contacts, and, and so forth to, to get to go and into business for ourselves and to, to serve those who are working in this space. So what exactly does Performance Driven Marketing Institute do? It is, uh, again, I, I actually touched a little bit on that there intentionally mm-hmm. in the last answer, are four areas that we really serve our members are in networking, advocacy, education, and marketing. Um, we, uh, we just launched our membership, our actual membership. It takes a while. Um, uh, as I think when no one would be surprised, it takes a while for the federal government to approve you as a, as a 501c6. Uh, mm-hmm. not-for-profit organization. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, we were able to get uh, get our, our stuff in before the recent shutdown and, and get that all taken <laughs> care of. But uh, but uh, we actually launched a membership in early December, which is not exactly the best time to launch membership right in the middle of the holidays. But we've been just so pleasantly surprised and thrilled by the re- reaction of the industry. We now have over 90 member companies. Um, we were hoping 
by this time to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 or 70 member companies as we uh, trend out and, and target to have 180 member companies at the end of 2019. Um, so we're already halfway there, and it's only the end of February, uh, which is which is great. Um, so we're thinking about reassessing that target and, and, and uh, lifting it. Um, those member companies, when they when they join us, they are again looking for networking opportunities. So that means trade events. We have a trade show coming up in uh, about five weeks in Miami, March 31st through April 2nd, called PDMI East, where we will uh, be uh, there for three days. A lot of networking opportunities, some education involved. We're going to have four educational sessions at that event, and then we're also prepping for PDMI West, which will take place in a West Coast city to be determined um, in likely early October uh, this year. Uh, so, the, you know, those are the two big networking events that we're going to have. Advocacy programs, we're working on the, uh, we're working on some, some programs. We have a, a partner of ours that's uh, located outside of uh, Washington, D.C. He's got a lot of experience in the association business and with dealing with uh, regulators who, who work in, the, in this industry, the FTC, the FCC. So we're working on programs to, to, uh, to support our members in that area. Um, education, we are launching a quarterly publication next month called Results Magazine. Uh, that'll, that'll, that'll run uh, March, June, September, and December. Um, so we're in the midst of that. We also already do a weekly newsletter called uh, Very Creatively PDMI Weekly. Um, that <laughs> keeps people abreast of what's happening uh, in the world, um, offering opportunities also for our members to get involved and share thought leadership and so forth. Um, and then finally, the opportunity to market themselves. All of our members have the opportunity to uh, to become sponsors of our events, to advertise in our publications, to advertise on our website, all those different things. So a bunch of different marketing opportunities for our for our members as well. And what kind of companies are you targeting for your members? Those the those are companies that work in the performance driven and direct to consumer marketing space. Whether it's the marketers themselves, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the types of marketers we're looking at. Uh, to, to have join us, uh, um, those that we were covering or, and hosting as speakers when we were back at Response. So uh, the end marketers from uh, everyone, from those who uh, market products in healthcare, insurance, to housewares, to um, consumer electronics, so forth and so on. That's that. But those end marketers, the ones that all of um, the agencies and the and the vendors provide services to, those are obviously a great big group that we we seek out and target as as members. And then following that, you have the agencies themselves, the, the, the advertising and marketing agencies who service, who service those types of marketers who are doing direct-to-consumer and performance-driven marketing. Um, other vendors who service, uh, whether it's in the digital space or on back-end with uh, fulfillment services or uh, telemarketing services, um, uh, payment processing services, those types of companies as well. Uh, and then finally, another big sector for us is the media itself, whether we're talking television media, the old the cable networks, um, uh, the dishes and direct TVs, the satellite groups, um, and then new, uh, new media, uh, new streaming media like Hulu, Netflix, and so forth and so on, um, as well as digital media outlets, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, uh, Googles, the Amazons of the world, and all of that kind of infrastructure and all of the, the hive that kind of follows those, those companies as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, you, you say you want 180 member companies by the end of the year, mm-hmm. but it sounds mm-hmm. like you've got, um, got a plethora of 
potential members, just yes. in you know what you've been talking about today. Why uh, are you doing this? Um, is your growth slow because you want to make sure you bring in the right companies, or just to be? Able- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the idea. The idea is we looked at um, you know we looked at. Uh, the, the the association that I mentioned that went out of business that was working very much directly in this space. And we also mm-hmm. looked at the types of companies and the number of companies that we were interacting with when we were at Response. Um, and we had a little networking group called the, the Direct Response Marketing Alliance when we were at Response and, and the number of different companies we were looking at. So when we launched as a startup, we just were looking at that that first group, those two groups as our first base. And mm-hmm. those two groups between them, uh, a good middle number between the memberships of those two groups was about 180. So okay. we gave ourselves that as, as our for, as our year one goal. And then beyond that, our year two goal gets much more sweeping and year three gets much more sweeping as we build out from our past base and into the newer uh, world and the, the wider world of performance-driven marketing. Um, you know, the goal, obviously, at the end of the day, would uh, be to have membership up upwards of you know four to five hundred companies. Um, our membership is tiered out at uh, uh, with price ranges uh, between a thousand dollars for a membership to nine thousand dollars for a membership based on the size of your company. So a thousand dollar member is generally going to be a sole proprietor, someone who's someone who's uh, you know kind of a solo guy working working. Um, working in the field all the way up to the biggest companies in the field paying $9,000 a year. So, you know, the, 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 the sales process for our sales team uh, to sell those memberships really um, uh, at the higher tiers, that's, that's, that's your longer tail, I think, um, of, of membership there. We've had some good success bringing in some $9,000 level members, but, uh, but uh, that, that's obviously a longer tail sales process to get someone to, to pay that kind of money. Well, and it's also having the right why for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for us, of the, you know, with such a kind of diverse membership target base, mm-hmm. those right whys are different. I mean, we have, we have a, on our website, the PDMI.com, under member benefits, we have a list of, of 16 current member benefits. And, you know, of those 16, depending on what your company is doing, you're probably going to have, no, no company is going to be find true value in each of the sixteen benefits, right? We're right. hoping that at the peak, you're going to find value out of like ten to twelve of those benefits, but it's going to be a different ten to twelve for each company. And so, um, when you target a company that you want as a member, um, and your sales mm-hmm. team goes out and you're looking for them to join, to be a sponsor, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. you set the um, the offering based on the value to them, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, depending on what, what type of company you are, there's, I mean, if you're, if you're a, a marketer, um, you know, if you're that, if you're that company that's marketing a product, well, you know, say it's, um, say it's like a dollar shave club uh, that, that, you know, made such a huge splash over the years as a direct mm-hmm. consumer marketer that they were eventually bought by Unilever for a billion dollars. Say you're looking at trying to, to pitch Dollar Shave Club to be a member, you're 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 looking at a whole different array of benefits for them than you would be for, uh, say, an agency like a, a Havas Edge, which is one of the larger agencies in our space, and who is a who is a member of, of the PDMI. Um, mm-hmm. It's a different it's a different angle. It's a different type of, of, of thing that they're looking for. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a marketer, 
you're looking for that advocacy opportunity. Um, you're looking for someone to take up for you and make sure that that uh, you know regulations are are easy to navigate. That uh, that uh, the opportunity for them to to meet up with the media that uh, and the media outlets that they're working with is easy for them to do. If you're an agency. You want that exposure to those marketers. You want um, the the opportunity to connect and network with the media outlets that you're doing direct business with. Um, all those different things. So yeah, it just and the, yeah, so the pitch definitely varies um, between those those targets. And I find that really interesting. I've I've been reading uh, Jackie Fast's book called Pinpoint, um, and she talks mm-hmm. all about sponsorship and and why sponsorship fails. And I and I mm-hmm. love um, the the titles of her chapters. You know the old rules no longer apply. Well, that's fairly obvious. Oh, yeah. the, the world has changed significantly. But don't make it about you. And I think so often when we go out to, for sponsorship and whatever, it's all about what you're doing for me, not what I'm doing for you. Um, it's not mm-hmm. about what you need. It's what they need. Um, exactly. And, and, and it's not who you know, which I also think is mm-hmm. very interesting. You know, I think um, people are always concerned, well, I don't know anybody in this company, so I can't, I can't market to them. And yet, yeah. you don't have to know know the people in it. You have to have the right opportunity for them, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it is. You have to. You, you know, obviously, we came up with what we think the benefit, the best benefits are for our membership, and we're pitching those benefits to people. But mm-hmm. really, it's about knowing who you're talking to, and it's not not knowing the person you're talking to, but knowing the business of the company that you're talking to. And, and taking those, those benefits that we came up with and highlighting the right ones or even finding a way, you know, if you're in, that, if you're in the middle of that conversation and the, 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 the target you're talking to comes up with either a better way to position a benefit or comes up with a benefit that, that even adds more value or a way to tweak that benefit to add more value, you have to be listening um, uh, to what they're saying, you know, and, and, and to make sure that that you're flexible, you know, for us, we have to be flexible in the benefits we're offering. So if we find that some of these benefits that we're offering aren't what people are seeking, well, what are they seeking? Um, it's about, it's really about listening and, and, and it's about, it's about your customer. It's really mm-hmm. about your customer. And I, I think you've just made a really key point around listening. I think the, the key thing is one being curious um, about the the individual or the company that you're talking to, you know, what do what do they hold sacred? What are the things that they're looking for? What are the benefits that are exciting to them? And then, as you said, listening to what they have to say and not jumping in and saying, "Well, we have this," or mm-hmm. or going on and on and on with a presentation without getting some information first. Even if you've done your due diligence before you walk in, that that mm-hmm. sense of be of curiosity. Um, and I had an old right. mentor, and I, I'm sure you, you've used this in the past as well. You know, when you're in that position, you have two ears and one mouth. Use them in proportion, mm. right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you have so many people. When, and, and I'm sure you've, you've seen, seen the, your job as, as, a, as an interviewer on this show. You know, as a journalist for so long, my job was as an interviewer, um, and and uh, it still it still is on certain levels. But at the end of the day, you run into so many people who are just waiting to talk. They're not listening. They 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 appear to be involved in a conversation, but they're not actually listening, and they're just waiting for their turn to talk. And and it's harder to read when you're on the phone, obviously. But when you're face to face, it can be super easy to read. And and um, 
you know, uh, it's been my goal and my job, my, my role forever to always be listening, not be just waiting to talk. And I think that's hugely important if you're selling something and I'm not an, I'm not a natural salesperson by any, by any stretch. I've learned a lot over the years from our team and, and my, my, my business partner, John Yarrington, but who's a, who's a tremendous salesperson. But, but at the end of the day, you have to be, you have to be listening. Um, you cannot just run in there with your pitch and say, this is what we're offering and that's it, you know, a hard end. Um, it's got, it's got, you got to, you got to be listening to what, the, to what that, that customer wants. Yeah, that hard pitch doesn't get you very far. Um, but you also have to be able to read their personalities to see, you know, oh. how, how, do, how do you want to be, I don't want to say sold to, but, um, you know, are, are you somebody who wants the bottom, give me the bottom line first, then we can talk about the rest of it. Um, is this the mm-hmm. latest and greatest thing in the, in the, in the world? Do I want this? Um, what about the people in my organization? How is this going to impact them? Or how are you impacting the people who are right. members of your organization? And then, of course, you have the wonderful folks who want all the analytics, right? They want to see mm, all the numbers absolutely. before they do anything. And to recognize who this person is or who that organization is and what's their culture and how how do they go about doing business and that kind of thing. It's, it's a real dance that you play, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. It's um. You know, I, the way I kind of like to attack it when you talk about listening and, and you talk about, um, but the, you know, these types of things, and it's it's kind of goes back to my training as an interviewer. Um, you know, you get into a call with someone who maybe you've met at a cocktail party, you traded cards, um, uh, they're interested in what you're doing, but you didn't really get that in depth to it, mm-hmm. and you didn't really get that you didn't, and you didn't get that in depth to their business either, right? So. Right. I like to get on that call and kind of set the set the table right away and and ask them to explain what they're up to first. That's all. That's all, that that helps me so much uh, is getting them to explain what their what their business is, what they're looking at, what they're looking to do, how they go about their business before I even get into what I'm going to start talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And it really tends to help. I, I, I don't. I I will do it the other way. If someone, if the conversation happens to veer in the direction where I'm going to go first, and, and I'm going to talk about PDMI first and everything else that we're doing, then I'll then I'll go for it. Um, but it's always better to hear what that person has to say first because it allows you to to you know more directly uh, style and take your pitch uh, into the areas that they want to be in. And I think that's so so very valuable is that the pitch is towards their value, not what you value. Um, I, I also yeah. find it interesting when you've got two interviewers who are, who mm-hmm. are at the table together and, you know, they're interviewing each other. <laughs> it gets to be yeah, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah? yeah it, can, it can be. It can be. That's very true. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's always interesting for me to do in these because. Uh, to do a, a, an interview with someone like yourself, because uh, you know, I, I love I, I love the back and forth, um, and, and I love I love when someone's good at it, uh, as as you as you are, because you're listening. Um, it's tougher when you're, when you're on <laughs> yes. one of these, and and the person just has their seven questions, and they're going to ask them, and and they're not really paying attention to what you're saying in, in the interim. <laughs> yeah, can be a lot tougher. Yeah. I- I, I, I've only had one or two people who said you didn't you didn't ask me all the questions that I, I gave you. I go well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, just yeah. not the way you yeah, not, yeah. not the way you stated them, and not in the order in which you gave them to me. I I yep. can't. I, I I don't know about you, but I can't understand interviewers who, you know, here's question number one. Okay, two. How about three, four? I mean, what <laughs> fun is that? You know, it's yeah, much more fun yeah. 
to be in a conversation where you're trading information and, and you're getting in depth and, and just really mm-hmm. working be, beyond, um, you know, just the, the, the questions that you asked. Something else that was yeah, very amazing interesting. When people don't, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when people don't follow the trail that's being laid out there, uh, it's always amazing to me. It's like, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm interviewing someone and they start answering a question that I had in, in my pre-questions and they go off into a, a, a really interesting space, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow them there, right? I'm going yeah. to get them back around to the other questions I want to ask, but I'm going to follow them there. And then it's amazing as, as being on the other side of it when, when someone just kind of skips on that, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it for from an interviewer's perspective, it's like, you're, as you said, follow the breadcrumbs. Um, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going in this direction. I'll get back to where where we were, but wow, you said something really fascinating here, and I want to take that mm-hmm. a little further. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things you were talking about um, when we went back to listening and waiting, uh, you know, people waiting to talk. Um, I remember teaching sales years and years and years ago, and one of the things we talked about was the egocentric predicament where you as the salesperson or the interviewer or whatever is just waiting, as you said, for that person to finish so that they can step in and talk or, or whatever, but it's on their agenda, not on yours. It's on that interviewer's agenda, not on the person that they're talking to. And I think we, have, right. we definitely have to get out of that predicament and really... Um, be committed to the person who's sitting in front of you, or in this case, across the telephone lines, um, as to what is it that's important um, to get out or to learn about that individual um, so Mm -hmm. that you can determine, is this a mutually um, positive relationship? Is it something that we want to continue or do we have nothing in common and we really need to say, thank you, this was really interesting, but I I don't see how we can work together. Is is that something yeah. that you step into too? Yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, and I, and I think in my with my background, it's easier for me to do than maybe some of the folks on our sales our sales team. Sometimes I think our, mm-hmm. I think you know when you're a salesperson, you want that sale, and and you want to find a way to fit that square peg in that round hole, no matter what, right? Um, right. That, 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 you, know, you want to close that. You want to close that. that your job's to close. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, so it's, sometimes it can be tough to see when there just isn't a fit, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just that way. And so I think my, my background help has helped me see that a little bit more. And I think, it, you know, what it does, what it does is it drives a, a level of respect on both sides of the conversation, I think. Right. Um, right. you know, when, when someone, when someone breaks down and says, you know what, this has been a great conversation, but I just don't know if there's a fit here, no matter which direction it's going, um, but particularly from the, the person who's trying to do the selling, it drives a level of respect from that other person, and, and it keeps the door, it, while the door might be closed on this particular opportunity, we all move on and leave jobs, move to different places. We all, we all have um, a kind of a flow in our life and, and in our profession, uh, professional life, so maybe five years down the line, maybe even less, maybe two years down the line, you know, now that, that person's left and moved somewhere else. And maybe there's, there is a, there is a better connection. So you get back on the phone and you remember that respect that you had for the person at the time. Um, and maybe there's a sale that can be made there. Uh, maybe there's okay, not. Okay. Maybe it's just, 
you, you, and, you, you enjoy how people do things, and, and that's that's good. So I know uh, that. And, and yeah. Tom, well, I'm going to stop you right there, and we'll come back to this yeah. because it, yeah. it, it, you've made a couple of really great points here uh, that I want to kind of follow on on. So audience, I want you to think about uh, situations where you've been in conversation and you there are moments when you go, wow, this is really going to work and, and you really work to make that happen. And yet there are times when you say, ooh, I don't think this is a good fit. And it's how do I step away gracefully and yet not lose the contact? And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm here with my guest, Tom Hare. And I'm really impressed with some of the awards and recognition that he's had over the years. He's a four-time Western Publications Association Maggie Award nominee as Editor-in-Chief of Response, a two-time Eddie Award winner as the magazine editor and feature editor. He 
also writes for the CBS-owned 247sports.com website, uscfootball.com, where he's also handled game previews and other option pieces, opinion pieces, on the UC Trojan football since 2000. Um, He has his own blog called tomrance.com and obviously can be followed on Twitter. So, Tom, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, the Twitter is at THRance, and um, our Twitter for the PDMI is actually at DefinitiveMG, because uh, Definitive Media Group is, is the company that we, uh, that we operate that kind of owns and operates uh, uh, the PDMI. So, so fantastic. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Yes, uh, the USC football thing is kind of a passion thing that I've done for, for many number of years, and I've been fortunate enough to, to keep, keep at it. And, um, uh, but, yeah, writing, writing is my passion. Um, uh, everything else uh, I've learned to do, and, and I, love, I love doing it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's incredible going into business for yourself after kind of working in the corporate field for so long, and that's, that's been the real shot in the arm for I think for all of us who who started the PDMI, who came from corporate side, and it's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, I, I know how that feels. It's been 32 years since I was in corporate, and I don't know that I could ever walk back. I keep thinking, yeah. you know, yeah. gee, I you know I could always retire and get a job, right? It's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Did you go? To, I'm curious. Did you go to USC, or is it just a? Uh, I did. Uh, I did. You I did. Went to USC. Um, graduated. Amazingly, it's 25 years ago. So, oh. <laughs> it's been a while. So, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I attended USC and the uh, broadcast journalism major there. Um, and uh, yeah, still uh, do I do a lot of volunteer work for the Annenberg School of uh, Communication and Journalism there. Moved to the west. Uh, one of the other things I did last year, besides start PTMI, is I moved to the East Coast after being born and raised and, and everything else in Southern California. We moved back to my wife's hometown here in Massachusetts. Uh, so that's where I am now, uh, where it's currently my Cold. first winter ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to ask been, you, you know, why Massachusetts? Where in Massachusetts is home? I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is about 40 minutes north of Boston on the coast. Uh, okay. Beautiful little seaside town. It's my wife's hometown. She grew up here, um, and. Uh, she just, you know, uh, she 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 had moved to LA out of college and and spent a, uh, a number of years out there, and um, she she wanted to kind of see what it was like to actually live back here as a full fledged adult. And um, <laughs> you know, I was up I was up for the adventure. I was up for the adventure. So it's been it's been it's been really great so far. I've learned that winter doesn't really bother me. That I probably would be worse off in a Portland or a Seattle where it rains all the time. As long right. as I get some sun with my twenty five degrees, I'm good. Well, and, and you have somebody else shoveling the snow, right? That, well, no, no. Actually, uh, I, I, last week I shoveled three times. Uh, it's a good full body workout. Um, yeah, it is. So we're, but uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, um, it's uh, it's funny. We we you know we're, we're going to try to make it through this first winter with me shoveling, and then I think next winter we'll probably start uh, looking to bring someone else on. Uh, our son, <laughs> we just had a baby in September, so again another piece of change. Our son is. Is uh, we're probably about eight to ten years out from where he can start helping or oh, yes. over the shoveling duties. Yeah. So we're gonna have to we're gonna find some help next winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went through the uh, polar vortex too, as I remember. Um, congratulations on your yeah. son. Um, I also Thank had my you. first grand my first grandchild in December of this year, so I know the joy well, of having newborns. Yeah. Thank you, and it's to you as well. Great. My father, my father is actually currently visiting from California, um, and. Uh, 
and is uh, looking after the little man right now. So, uh, wow. so he's 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 in love, uh, as I'm sure you can relate to. It's his first. Oh Christmas, yes, so. absolutely. Although, although yeah. my daughter's in Columbus, Ohio, so we don't get to see her as often as we would like, but we get pictures yeah. daily, which is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, smartphones are a great thing, aren't they? <laughs> they are, yes. And I lived, I actually, the reason I asked, I lived in Ayr, Massachusetts, which is where Fort Devens was um, for mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. little over a year um, and was actually stationed yeah. there. So I know the oh, wow. the New England area fairly well. Yes, yes. It's been, yes. It's been a and winter. to be here, there's no doubt. It's a completely yes. different way of life than Southern California, but it's been, it's been, Good. I've always been told by friends who are from here that I had a little bit of Yankee in me, so it seems like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing all right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, wait till you stop at one of those roadside um, uh, fried clam spots. See if oh. the, the oh. person actually sells you fried clams or says, my distributor didn't only gave me uh, muscle, did not give me any of the stomachs, and so I won't sell them to you. <laughs> in yeah, integrity we, I thought that was just awesome yes, you know you could have sold me good. Mrs. Yeah, Paul's um, fried clams but you chose no this is this is New England we sell you only the best and I was really impressed yes yeah that's great I mean yeah, we, we're close to a couple famous ones there's Bob's Clam Hut up in Kidney, uh-huh. Maine that's only about a half hour from us and it's a place called the Clam Box down in Ipswich which is about 10-15 minutes away and and uh yeah, in the summer, like actually, now's the time to go because out in the summer the lines are so crazy you can't. Oh yeah, you can't even wait for them. So, yeah, again, my dad visited at the right time. We got him to we got him to some of these, got him some clams, got him some uh, some lobster, got him some chowder. It's been it's been good. So. And then there's always legal seafoods, which has some of the best um, seafood for a chain. They're actually amazing. We were there um, they, on Saturday. We were you? Yeah, and we were there for me they. Saturday. Boston on we went down to Boston on Saturday to do a little sightseeing with him and and we uh, we went to legal for lunch and and uh, I don't think he's ever uh, I don't I'm pretty sure he's convinced he's never gonna have a better bowl of clam chowder in his life oh probably uh, not <laughs> <laughs> well and, and they also have the best fried cl- fried oysters uh, I've ever had oh, as yeah. well oh they're just amazing Absolutely. um my husband's family's uh, from uh, Bill Ricca, Massachusetts, and signed the, signed the town charter there in the 1600s. Oh, so we wow. we got to see yeah. the t- the actual signed charter, which is signed on um, tanned cowhide, um, and it's That's really amazing. it's really quite amazing. Um, and the the brothers yeah. were actually buried in two different seminar cemeteries. And I went, wow, <laughs> a family feud already. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, let's yeah, back, let's yeah. get back to um, the Performance Driven Marketing Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you've told us what, what led you to create it. Um, you've told us a little bit about your background and how that definitely fits into what you're doing. Um, and you've told us our goal, your goals for this year, which I thought were, were pretty mm-hmm. amazing. But you've got mm-hmm. some really key events coming up um, this year. You talked a little bit about um, the fact that you've got one in the East and one in the West. But tell us a little bit more yeah. about the events and what you're looking for from them. So, yeah, we launched, uh, you know, we, we actually launched um, the entire project last fall with a, a, an event in uh, late September in Las Vegas that really was, was kind of, it was kind of our, our starting point event. It was a bit of a uh, circling the wagons for the industry um, after after they've lost their uh, the the association that was serving them and and when we left response there was a lot of wonder of what was going to happen for the industry so that Vegas event was something we did to kind of circle the wagons and we were hoping to get 500 people to come to and we got 
1,100 people to, to, to come, and that was just a wonderful, it was a great response from the whole industry, and, and we held, held some town hall sessions there to kind of gain feedback from our, our constituents on what they wanted to see from the Performance Driven Marketing Institute to kind of share our plans, but also listen, going back to the last segment we talked about listening, right. um, and then move forward from there. Um, and so our event in Miami is our, is our, is our second event. It's our first real full-fledged, like looking forward trade event where we're going to have some education. Um, we've kind of found a new uh, way of going about um, the show floor aspect of it. And, and trade shows, um, unless you're a big behemoth trade show with um, with those those big companies that carry around a lot of monster booths for their event, um, uh, trade shows have been a struggle lately, especially in the exhibit hall aspect of it. People don't want to spend that money to buy the space and then double and triple their money to bring a booth and all that stuff. So. Uh, the way we did it in Vegas and the way we're going to do it in Miami is to have a lot more open table meeting space throughout the trade hall, throughout the trade show hall. Um, it was really well received. We allowed, uh, we allowed companies, there was, we opened up about 10 or 12 tables to sell to companies who wanted to buy a sponsorship to have space to host their meetings. But the mm-hmm. remainder of the space of, uh, you know, dozens of tables available to, to folks to just find a way, a way to get together and sit down and meet, which, drew a lot of people back into um, that exhibit hall or trade show hall um, who had gone out and, uh, you know, you know, you know how these things work. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. People find the bar, people find a, people find a seat in the lobby, so forth and so on, and it kind of spreads everything out. But we were able to have some success getting people to come in, and there was a lot more of a buzz around the events. Um, so we're going to do that again here in Miami and, and, and keep everybody kind of in the same room tied together, working together and, and going from meeting to meeting in there. Um, we've got some great education lined up that's going to be talking about the old and new media that people are using to drive drive their campaigns and direct-to-consumer and performance-driven marketing. Um, uh, and we're also going to host a, kind of a town hall update on the second day of the show uh, where uh, we'll get up there. Uh, let people know the progress we've made since that Las Vegas event, and listen, listen for more feedback on what's what we what people want to see from us as we continue throughout 2019. Um, so that's uh, March 31st through April 2nd. You can find more information on the PDMI.com. Um, it's called PDMI East. Badges are uh, either $295 for employees of member companies or $395 for non-members. Really, the, the goal, I think, with our, when, when we have non-members come to that event is to have that be their first step in eventually becoming a member. Um, mm-hmm. you know, show them what we're about, show them what our members are about, um, and show them what, what, what they can accomplish. We'll have two networking events also, evening networking events. It's Miami. It's spring. So, <laughs> of course, we're going to have it outdoors. Um, you know, we're going to have those events outdoors where people can get out and catch a Miami sunset. While having a cocktail and meeting folks, um, why would we not do that? Um, coming out of winter with, with so uh, you know we have a we have a lot of a lot of folks in our business who are coming up here from the Northeast Corridor down to mm-hmm. down to Miami, and they were going to be ready to be outside. Um, so that's you know all those things again. That's listening to your constituency. People people want to network. People want to have that opportunity to be in a social setting, and that and that's what we try to provide. That's that's fascinating. I, I I love your concept of the exhibit hall. Um, mm-hmm. I I actually manage uh, four conferences here on the West Coast currently. I used to do an international mm-hmm. conference as well, and mm-hmm. the exhibit hall was always the challenge um, because if if you do the the 
the tall booths, whether they bring in the booths or you you set them up with a decorating company, you can't see from from front to back or from side to side. Right. And so it becomes right. like a rabbit wearing of of mm-hmm. booths. And we've done some stuff mm-hmm. with you know lowering um, the 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 height look, looking in. But I love the idea of having sort. Of, I mean, we do this sort of on our regional conferences because we don't have as many mm-hmm. that we do tables as opposed to yep. you know the six by six booths or six by ten booths or whatever. Yeah. And right, right. I I love the idea of bringing um, the networking inside. And, and really mm-hmm. giving people a chance to sit down and talk and have that conversation. And as you said, a, away from the bars and the restaurants and all that, but actually mm-hmm. s- there where they can get resources as well. I think that's, that's yep. brilliant. Yeah. I think it, 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 was, it was a necessity uh, based on what we had seen with Response Expo over the last few years to, to freshen that up. Um, we have a bar in the middle of that floor um, mm-hmm. that, Offers beer, wine, sodas, waters, coffee in the morning, uh, free, you know, as part of your badge fee. Um, right. It's, uh, you know, and that, and that, again, that's another way to keep everybody there. They don't have to go out to grab something. Um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So, um, you know, obviously we'd love to build this back into a situation where we would have a, a kind of a networking zone like that as part of it, but then also eventually bring back an exhibit hall floor. But you have to, you have to have the scope of the exhibitor. You know, you have to you have to have those anchor booths. You have to have those mm-hmm. by forty booths that really anchor things that, and that draw a hive around them. And and you know, at this point, it just doesn't seem like it's a fit when you're a startup. You know, when you really have to, being a startup really makes you rethink how things work. As whereas oh, yeah. when we we're under the corporate control, when we we're under the corporate control of our parent company and running Response Expo they would have never understood doing anything without an ex- exhibit hall without booths. They're like, this mm-hmm. is, that, that, that makes no sense. The money, the, the, the finances don't make sense and so forth. But, um, you know, that's, it's been freeing, as I said before. It's been very freeing, um, not only in, in how we operate, but, but how we can think about what best serves our constituency. So. Yeah, I, I so agree with that, that it, you get a chance to shake it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, really look at what works and what doesn't work, what works with this group. And that. I, I know one thing that does work is bringing food into the exhibit hall. Um, you know, we do, <laughs> we do like an ice cream social. We have them pick up their lunches. Yeah. And, it, and then yep. you put it in, you know, in the back end of the exhibit hall. So they have to go through the exhibit yep, hall to be able to see hall. it. And, you know, sometimes you set up different routes. And, you know, you do everything yep. creatively to get people into the exhibit hall so they can go, Wow. Oh, I didn't know so and so was here, you know, and that kind exactly. of thing. And yeah, and it really it makes the exhibitors happy. Um, yeah. But it also it also brings uh, brings value to the people yeah. who are there, right? Exactly. It's great. I mean, it's great. It's great to have all your scheduled meetings. But you know, what are the uh, you're, you're going to go through your scheduled meetings, and you know, you're going to close. You might close some business on those scheduled meetings because that, that's why you schedule them. But mm-hmm. what's better than those pop? What is better than those pop up meetings that happen to you when you're when you're working an event? Whether it's whether it's you know during the the show hours, you know the nine mm-hmm. to five, or whether it's at a cocktail party, you know from five to seven or six to nine. You know what's right. better than getting that unexpected business. Uh, that comes from that, um, and that's really the driver of what we're trying to trying to do with the entirety of the event is to not only let people capitalize on what they're planning, but find find those new contacts or find someone who they might know they didn't realize was going to be there. Like yeah, um, I think one of the you know, that's, that's one of the huge. 
Yeah, one of the saddest situations that I had is, was as uh, an attendee to an association that I belong to, and they only had the exhibit hall open for a very short period of time. It's like uh, two hours, and they had a fairly mm-hmm. robust exhibit hall, and there were people there mm-hmm. that I needed to see. I didn't get through half the exhibit. I probably got through about a quarter of the exhibit hall and the conversations that I wanted to have when they closed it and said, that's it. I went, you've got right. to be kidding. You know, a, a right. part of why we go is to be able to connect with, in this case, it was hotels and restaurants and, um, you know, um, uh, sightseeing and, and that kind of thing for a conference that I was doing in in, in and around the city. And it just, it was like, you, it, I can't believe that. I mean, part of the exhibit mm-hmm. hall is that networking, that that prom, impromptu meeting oh, yeah. that you have, right? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, that's, okay. that's, 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 the, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's, that's you know, to use a uh, cliche, that's where the magic happens. It's like when mm-hmm. you, have, you run into that, you run into the right person. That's what makes you feel good about a trade show, um, yeah. about, about an event like this, is that, is that, you know, you got all your good meetings done, but then you ran into two, three, four people who are, who are new to you or who are going to bring value to you that you never expected. Right? And that only happens if we're all in the same place. Terrific. So, Tom, we have a minute left, and I need one fabulous tip to leave with our audience today. Um, let's say, uh, I think we go back to what we talked about initially, and that's listen, don't wait to talk. That's one of my favorite, favorite things uh, that I lean on uh, throughout my career as an interviewer um, and now uh, in my role here with the PDMI. Listen, Whoever you're talking to, your constituents in a, in a town hall, on a one-on-one conversation, listen. Don't just wait to talk. That's fantastic. Thank you, Tom, so very much for being with us today and for mm-hmm. educating our, our audience on performance-driven yes, uh, marketing institute and everything mm-hmm. that you do. Thank you again. And audience, I'd just like you to remember that if you want more information about the art of herding cats, leading teams of leaders, or the workshop Awaken the Leader, please do check out my email at Linda at Dare, the number two lead with Linda.com. And until next time, just remember, be courageous and dare to lead. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.